happened in the 90s. Uh... Matt was the fat kid, Steve was the flat kid. Life wasn't always great, but you know what was? The 90s happened in the 90s. Yeah! Why did this happen again? Man, Steve, I don't know. I think you really like changed my mind about Scott's staff. Even though it really did it big, I didn't need that. But uh, yeah, I guess I, I did. I thought you were sold already, man. I mean, I was, but what if? I didn't remember that jam, dude. I'm trying to tell you who's that dude. I didn't realize you were the number one member of the Scott Staff fan club, though. I'm the president, not only a <laughs> member. I am the monarch of the Step Kingdom. The man on his first album, he said, "The goal is to be unified. Take my hand, be my brother." Oh, what, what, what is he saying that's wrong on any of that? That's inspirational, yeah, honestly. Man, MLK. This is a good Christian man himself. MLK. MLK and MLK, goddammit. <laughs> they were proud of that bar. I mean, I feel like, if nothing else, Scott Stapp could definitely be, like, a really get into some nice, like, youth ministry stuff, you know? Shit. Hey, just, and he don't even have to be there. That's how cold he is. What if I just left? It's just the dude named Toby wearing suspenders playing some Creed. So Scott Stapp has spoken today, children. And here he is. What if, what if, what if, what if I... Steve rocking Creed, just pumping Creed in the 90s in the car. What was it, an Audi? Is that what you had? The the Bowdy Audi. The Bowdy Audi. That shit was... That was that car, Steve. It, it, it wasn't the it wasn't the Chrysler Concorde, but what could be? It was you know, a limo. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. It's almost as old as you. Yeah, that was the last time Larry Bird won a championship. Shit. That's how old that motherfucker is. Eighty six. Steve, yeah. uh, also just because I thought it was a great question, and I want to hear your answer. Just you just sort of justify it. Um, Ask me the question you asked about the Rosie O'Donnell thing. Just give me that again. If you had to, a gun is up to your head, and you had to make a choice to have a dinner with Rosie O'Donnell or Roseanne Barr, who would you pick? Okay, and I didn't ask this originally. Just one quick follow-up. Can it be? Can I pick like a, a certain Rosie O'Donnell, or is it the one current? Like that I'm just like pulling information out, or can I go so, back in time and visit with? that version of rosie okay so since you had to fragment that question uh <laughs> l- let's do let's do two answers okay now roseanne now roseanne just okay. for the stories just for the hang because i don't really necessarily believe anything this crazy woman's talking about right now that i've heard but it seems like if nothing else you're gonna walk away with just like one of those one night experiences that's gonna blow your mind yeah. You know, hopefully it's positive. But Good and times. if I can go back in time, Steve, 
If I can go back in time to a Rosie O'Donnell in a league of their own, we can kick it. Yeah. And, and I want to apologize. Since we're, we're sharing space here, like, I, I should have never gave you shit about Rosie O'Donnell. Thank if you. I'm going to say season six Roseanne was, like, doable. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's I feel like, like that's just a that crazy miss, like, how you could even raise a finger to criticize that and you said that yeah, you're right and that's why i'm apologizing you know i'm sorry to dig in deeper but you're that's, I appreciate that's unfair that, yeah it, it was unfair of me but i got i really i you know going back i'm remembering when i watched that i mean there was a lot of hot ladies in that but it, a young realistic fat matt was like me and rosie would probably get along great you know like a sweet lady, so I'm gonna say that. Cause you're talking my league. Oh, is it my league? It's our a league. league of their own. Our, oh, a league. Just a. Okay. But she was one of the peaches, and Matt wanted to get in there. So. Yeah, you like the way them socks was sitting on them calves. <laughs> I feel you. Oh, uh, but you know, Steve. Um, thank you. I feel like we can move past that. I never have to bring up Rosie O'Donnell in the league of their own. But what if? But what if? I wouldn't trip. Hey boys and girls, this is Steve G and Mad G with Happened in the 90s, the show where we talk about what happened in the 90s. So get out your grandma's cousin of the son-in-law by the guy who lived across the street from the creators of Pokemon. God damn. Wait, that was another story. Uh, So get out your Steve Iserman and your white zombie. Cause ain't nothing going on but a bomb ass rap song hitting all night long. Just like me on the black and white ivory. Getting six on artillery. You don't wanna see a G. Break your ass like dishes. Bust her ass tricks. Sleep with the fishes. Yay, yay. <laughs> uh huh. It's good to see you, man. It's good to see you, man. Yeah, dude. Another episode. We get to get a couple of these out in the bank yeah. while you're here. So how's Columbus treating you, Steve? How do you feel? Sea bust. The bust. It always feels good coming back home, man. Like any part of Ohio, whether it's Columbus, Cincinnati, Sandusky, Toledo, man, Ohio, it's the the vibes, man. And it's like that Midwest feel. Like people are kinder because they got more time for shit. They're not like hassled by traffic and like, oh, what am I going to do about uh, sky high taxes i don't know i don't fucking know man like they don't have, they don't have to deal with that big city shit because like you know all of the like bigger cities in ohio they're like still moderate size mid-tier they're, they're still like you can deal with them they're dipping you know their I mean? toe in the water of big city but you can still experience like that suburban shit because i'm like right outside downtown and even here, it's kind of still, it's like slower than you would expect anything close to like LA or even Atlanta. And, and, and that's the thing, man. Like, both of us experience like way bigger cities than anything Ohio has. So, 
I think coming back, because I, I experienced this in 2019 when I moved back. I'm sure you have, man. Um, and it, probably even more so the longer you stay here. It's like, dude, like any of the little shit I was tripping about is not even, I didn't deal with way bigger, like, this, yeah. you know what I mean? And it's like, even with the traffic, like, man, well, fuck, I didn't see way bigger traffic. So this shit, this traffic, oh, that's cute. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely, that's one perspective I have in general is that uh, dealing with L.A. traffic, nothing. Like, I hear people complain here, and it's, like, laughable. Yeah. Like, motherfucker, you don't oh, know this what, shit? Motherfucker, you don't know what traffic is. This shit right here? But, yeah, Columbus uh, is fucking, I'm feeling good about it. And I got to say, I'm proud of Ohio for, you know, we got legalized weed coming here soon, too. So we're going to have the best of both worlds. You came at the perfect time. I think they knew I was coming. They're like, we got to we gotta make this league. We got to make this money. It's like 7-Eleven. When I go to an area, 7-Eleven used to have an astronomical profit rise when I moved into that area. You know? And now 7-Eleven might have that green on the 7-Eleven. Oh, we can only hope so. Wouldn't that be great? Remember all those pothead college dreams we had? Like, man, we could just buy pot, joints and cigarette packs. And I mean, we're really already there. I've already done that. But to do it in Ohio, I mean, that's just a nice I feel good about that. Dude, I, I thought we were going to be like the Ben and Jerry's of, of weed. Like, oh, yeah. We, we found some seeds, or like, that's my imagination floating, man. We found those seeds, man, put them things in a pot, and uh, down the street at the, uh, we went down to the Walmart down yeah. the street, man, and got the pottery, the fucking soil. The whole thing. Yeah, a little bullshit lamp, and put that motherfucker in my closet. That shit, and it, it was starting to sprout. I'm telling you, it's, I've done, I did it semi-successfully myself. We did it, but we were in a dorm room. So, I mean, the, the, the actual reality of that, you can't do that. We had already had There's some, no some yeah. running. We can't call Larry again. He doesn't want to hear us. Yeah. So, but I did it and I did the same thing, except I just, you know, I found a seed. I was like, I think that's the kind I need. I think that's a female. And, uh. Lo and behold, that shit, I mean, you can ask Kendra. I was actually very proud of it. We just didn't, it wasn't timed right. I didn't figure it out, but soon. We were guesstimating. Soon. Maybe we can still be the Ben and Jerry's. Buckeye fucking buds. Ooh, I like that. There we go. Well, today, my friend, we're talking about all things December 7th. In the 90s, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Don Mega. Starting off in 1993, Ice Cube releases Lethal Injection. And that is the one with, you know how we do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Nothing but the best side. I mean, this this is the Ice Cube that I like gravitated to. Uh, this is my favorite version of Ice Cube. A lot of these songs are some of my favorite hip hop songs, and this like funk. What I don't know how what you describe this as G funk or whatever it is. I mean that was the flavor, man. And he even had George Clinton cameo on this album because he was getting involved with actual funk artists, man. Like this is fresh off of the Lethal Injection album. He did uh, Today Was a Good Day, and that's probably, if not my favorite Ice Cube song. It's up there, it's top three. And so like that was 92, he drops this in 93, man. Uh, no, I'm tripping. Lethal and the Jackson is the one that dropped this year mm-hmm. in 93. The one that he did before that. 
you're looking that up. I just have to say, uh, Predator. Predator. I got I got to see the the actual cover because I'm bad with like the names of shit. But any early okay, yep. There we go. Uh, any early Ice Cube, but one thing I just have to say, my favorite Ice Cube song uh, was called Extradited. Uh, it was on one of the albums. It was the double album. I think it was Life or Death. Uh, Life or Death? Peace and War. Peace, War and Peace. War and Peace. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I love that album, too. But just shout out to Ice. I mean, we don't need to shout out Ice Cube. Motherfuckers. A king. Got so rich, he made his own basketball league. And I love that. O'Shea. Yeah, his, even his progeny's killing it. I like me some O'Shea Jr. How do you feel about that? Hey, man. He's his daddy's son. He definitely is. Yeah, man. In uh, 1994, though... Sister Sister is airing season two, A Tall Tale. The twins find dates for the big dance, but find them disappointing. Roger struggles with a very tall dance partner. And another dance episode. Just a couple weeks ago, we were talking about Family Matters and and Laura going to the Sadie Hawkins dance. And I don't remember dances being had in high school around this time. I mean, I remember it, but I wasn't going to, you know, I was like, didn't want to be, I didn't want to get rejected, a lot of fear of that, so these were always scary, so I I share some of this, but they really, I think this is why it was so intense for us as kids, because we had all these TV episodes where it was everything. Yeah. And you don't want that, you don't want what happened to Roger happen to you, Steve, you don't, just don't want that. It's fucking school, you're gonna, you have to walk around, these kids are gonna know, so, uh... Yeah, I mean, high school, we definitely had some dances, but I wasn't attending them. I did a couple, but... You did more than me. I went to none of them. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's fine, though. It's okay, Steve. It is what it is. invited to my dance. Okay, you can go. (laughs) VIP. (laughs) I did that. I mean, until, like, every junior year, I felt, like, obligated to. I don't know why, but I just wanted to fit in, I guess. I felt obligated, but I still didn't go. And, you know, I don't know. It was just like insecurities. Yes, you didn't want to yeah. get rejected. I think it's probably the same thing. But I do yeah. have to say one one of the proms that I didn't go to might have been senior prom. I remember me and a bunch of guys tried to do the funny Eddie Murphy put a banana in people's tailpipe gag oh to the people goodness. at the high school, and I don't think it even worked. But we tried. We did it a couple times. So shout. I hope nobody had it. <laughs> but maybe. Hopefully the statute of limitations is up on that. (laughs) Man, we didn't grow up soon enough, man. No, we didn't. I haven't grown up yet. I'm still waiting for that to happen. It's going to happen someday. I'm going to be a big boy soon. But Tia and Tamara, back to to the the girls in Detroit, the twin sisters, Mm -hmm. uh, they're talking about boyfriends and boyfriends from different high schools. And as they're talking about this, we, we see the potential boyfriends that they're talking to. And they're familiar faces, at least to me. Uh, one is Wesley Jonathan. Uh, he plays the character Michael. And Wesley Jonathan, I feel, has been playing a teenager all the way up until his 40s. <laughs> uh, and Darnell, he's talking to the other sister. And he's played by Celine Grant. And I just know him from Ghost Dad, unfortunately. There, I'm sure there's better examples <laughs> on his IMDb, but yeah. Looks like the guy who said he was Donovan McNabb on uh, It's Always Sunny, that dude. You're talking about Elvin from fucking Cosby <laughs> he Show? He looks like a handsome Elvin, dude. 
He's not. A, I mean, whatever. They think he's handsome. And the thing of it is, these guys are not from their school, which makes it even cooler. You're dating some dudes that are from some other like wild school. And he um, drives. Yeah, he can come over and hang out, which is what they're doing. They show up at the school. I don't know how that works, but they're just there to hang out. You know, Mike wants to just tell Tamara. Is he with Tamara? I get him mixed up. Yeah, sorry. Uh, he's there just to profess his love, but he brought Donnell, his buddy. And, uh, he's Don- popping the car. Yeah, and he quickly gets an invite to the dance, too. So, yeah. double date. But the way he asked her, it was like on the slide. So, okay, tall, light-skinned, ghost dad dude. He asks out Tamara. So he's dating Tamara, and Michael is dating Tia. Okay. And he was just like, hey, Tamara, are we happening? That's all he said. Are we happening? That's, I mean, hey, you, she didn't even understand the question. She kind of agreed by, she by with confusion. It. She does. Yeah, we're She's happening. into it, though. Whatever the fuck that means, yeah. I <laughs> she I roll with it. me out, yeah. Uh, and, you know, then Roger comes through, and he's got, like, a whole portfolio in his hand he's got the whole school attendance yeah he's got he's he knows who's in attendance he's got the uh alphabetical order of names of chicks with the phone number yeah and i've got to just say though the heartbreaking just getting denied before he can even ask tia tamara i mean this dude's just getting dogged throughout this episode steve i feel yeah. bad for marquez well before he even asks no. No, yeah. And it's just like, I really wish people would stop assuming that I'm going to ask them out on a date. Well, what do you want? I was going to ask you out on a date, but I just hate when people assume the shit. Uh, so he's looking, and then, because he gets denied there, he's at the tees, and he looks to his right, and he's like, oh, miss, and I forget what her name is, but he throws that game at the teacher, Steve. Bro, I can't be mad at him. Like... He shot his shot. It, it was hard for us to approach girls our age. He approached a grown woman. Yeah. What did like, he say I, to the woman, Steve? Because it's pretty crazy. It was kind of like, uh, I know you just got divorced. So, um, yeah, if you got a lonely shoulder, I will, you know what I'm saying, on some shit like that. She just walks off on him. She's like, well, go ahead. You feel that way now. Wait till them lonely Saturdays and shit. I'm going to start looking good to y'all. Lonely bitch. <laughs> yeah. So... He's shooting, he's shooting his shot, but uh, I don't know if he, Rogers, it seems like he's never going to get a date, Steve. Unless it's with the, uh, just like a, I don't know. A random special kid. And, you know, he's got little man complex. And one of the things I've heard, man, they're more successful at making it around the bases than their taller counterparts. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I date somebody who has like a really, uh, who's revolted by short people. So, you know, that, I don't that's know. That's totally true. But I feel like here's my here's just my uh, acknowledgement of short people that I've known. It seems like people who are shorter usually are in really good shape when they're like at least the people that I've known. So they have that going for them. So they they have like one up on like you know a fat chubby taller man. It, it takes feel- less to, yes. to to like you know make yourself look stout and all that. But also I think they they know that they're under pressure co- consistently all the time so like they're the ones to like go into the bar and at last call they'll beat you they'll beat the tall six foot four guy it's like shit i'm always on last call <laughs> shit so they have they always had that mindset 
like the tall, like handsome guy, like <laughs> I'm so busy being looked at by all the girls in here because <laughs> when they look up, I'm the only thing they see. They can't see you, yeah, sir. I'm, I'm handsome as fuck, ain't I? This is all going on in his head. Meanwhile, little guy, Mr. Muggsy Bogues, he's he's, mm. he's on a mission. Deni- but he's getting denied left and right. But this is going to help him in the future. This is all. This is like sales. You got to get through the nose, Steve. Eventually, you're going to hit a yes. On a mission. You know? It's statistically possible. So, Roger's getting shut out. The Maoris, they got dates. They're good to go. And they need a whip. Yep. And uh, luckily, uh, Dad Ray, he's he owns a limo business. It's like, shit, that's a good flex. Damn. Can you imagine that? Just getting to take, like, the stretch Hummer that your dad owns to fucking whatever the dance is? That'd be great. But they don't want him to drive. No. You know, it's like, yeah, it's not... We trying to smoke, man. Damn. Yeah, I kind of thought about giving uh, Michael HJ too. I don't want my dad to be there. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm gonna get deflowered in the back of that thing, but uh, Dad's cool with it. I gotta say, Ray's all about it. Um, and as I think this is happening, Jack Hayes' character is like meeting with a customer, I believe, in the house. Yeah, and I don't know quite what it was man. she seems to be like a dressmaker or something she's like getting uh, sizing the chick up so yeah. as she's talking to this lady the lady hands her like a photo i believe of her, of daughter. her daughter and jackie's like oh my god she's beautiful it says all this stuff about her being beautiful roger is there lamenting his just you know complete denials that he's faced and he hears this conversation and i mean just steps to he's like oh another possibility let me get them digits and takes those as Jack A and the lady leave. So now he's got another possibility. He's got a lead, Steve, using sales terms. He's always on a mission. Winners are, if you don't sell, Steve, you gotta just, or if you don't shoot your shot, you're never gonna sell it. So he picks that number up, calls, and then we get a beautiful montage, Steve, of just Roger just pulling a phone romance out of nowhere. And kids today will never experience that short, one minute or two minutes where you're calling and the parent picks up yeah like now you have a direct line because kids have cell phones at the age of six at this point yeah but shit like you had to call the home phone it's like man please don't be her parent please don't be her parent or even just being nervous about calling like just, just, just calling. to get just over that. the like like all right, the, all right. that's a level to get over it was yeah. so scary dude i remember that there's a couple times where we had that technology and that's how you did it you're right though because there was that awful possibility that the dad caught like answers or some shit and you're like ha ah, and you just hang up shit let it be the mom <laughs> let it be the brother the older the older sister right? it's like man i oh like i'm like uh, this uh this is matt is it, <laughs> just hang the phone up shit. i definitely chickened out a few times doing that where you, you you had it it was right there you, all you had to do was call get through that which we'd all done that you call your buddies and the mom answers you throw a little cool small talk on it you know oh hey miss sparks how you doing you know a little just be a little sweetie pie oh man you were eddie haskell with it oh, yeah, i wasn't dude. doing all that i was just uh, is deborah there <laughs> yo deborah somebody some fucking creeps over here answer yeah. the phone yeah that was definitely uh, a stressful situation and Roger seems to just be laying the Mac down 
You get it, whatever that song is that's playing. I'm sorry, you're the song guy, but yeah. they got that song playing. He's macking, and this dude falls asleep, uh, making this chick fall in love with him over the phone. Yeah, well, that was the thing too, man. You hang up, no, you hang up. No, you, no, you first. I just want to listen to you sleep. Yeah. So that happened, and then Lisa, she comes into the living room. She sees this boy on her couch, and she's like, Roger, go home. Because it's just like the, uh, did I do that at this point? I feel like it's reached that point where, like, I, we got to have one of those per episode. But she says it, like, just, you know, very very calmly. Just, Roger, go home. So he follows Lisa up, and I don't know if his intent was going to Lisa's bedroom or if he was just, like, sleepwalking. Oh, yeah. Now, either way, I'm not mad at you, Roger. But yeah, she's like, you know, go to your home. He just wants to know her name. And he all, I mean, here's my thing. The balls to call somebody just off grip that you've never, you're, the excuse you have is that, I don't know what he said, but you basically have to be like, yeah, I just found your, your number. I just thought I'd give you a call. Like, it's weird. Hey, but that, it was a different time. We didn't right. have, like, it sounds creepy now, but hey, you never know. But also this girl, it is explained that she's new to town and having trouble meeting like friends and stuff. So maybe she's a little more open to that. But needless to say, Roger has a romance on the phone with a chick he's never seen. He yeah. almost gets to go to bed with Jack A. And then he goes off and like sleepwalks to his house where hopefully he makes it home okay. Because it is late, Steve. Yeah. And like now the day of the dance, Roger, he shows up and he's dressed to the nines. I mean, you know, the, the girls, they, they agree to allow Ray to drive him there. Um, and But actually, Ray, he was going to pawn it off. He was. On one of his, like, employees. But Jack A, a side story to this is Jack A has this new guy, Terrence. Terrence. And Jack A's like, this is like the fourth date. This is the date, Ray. I need you to get out of town, okay? I need some time because this is going to happen. And, and she's trying to roundabout tell him. Without saying, like, hey, I got, I got this motherfucker coming over. And I'm trying to get taken to Pound Town. Yeah. Yeah, she was just suggesting, hey, you know what? Those girls should be on a short leash. You need to drive them to the dance and, and keep a close eye on them. And Ray calls her out, like, Terrence on his way in. <laughs> you trying to get your back blown out, aren't you? Hell yeah. But she is. So Ray's going to drive them. Uh, Roger comes in, and like you said, he is dressed to the nines. And I just have to point out, dude has ta a tuxedo with tails. And he's got a fucking monocle hanging out the pocket, Steve, which Mr. that's Monopoly. incredible. I don't even get that, but that's awesome. That's like, a, like, I was going to say chain wallet, you know, but that's even, that's like a Monopoly man thing. That only for the richest, only yeah. for the most luxurious. We're, we're some Janko guys. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Definitely. To, to us, that's luxurious. <laughs> chain, chain wallets as classy as this guy gets, but, um, Roger's there. He is going to take Kelly, who is the girl he called uh, to. He's going to take her to the dance. He cold call. Yeah. And he's like, I just want to impress her by showing up in a limousine, which, I mean, that's smart. That's good. Uh, that's good gentlemanly behavior. There, yeah, that's a good flex. I mean, Lyft and yeah. Uber doesn't exist yet. So, yeah, in the 90s, getting pulled up in a limo. Yeah. I took a girl to prom in her mom's Chrysler Sebring convertible, Steve. I thought that was pretty fucking popping. To the Seagate Center, wherever we had that, in top down. We're going into the city? <laughs> uh, but Roger's going to show up. I like that uh, he's, he's there. T and Tamara come down, and they're like, 
why are you here? He's like, you said I could come with to the dance with you. And they're like, we said you could ride on top of the limousine. Like, still just hating on Roger. I don't get it, man. He's such a sweet little boy. But it's persistence. I thought that was an invite. <laughs> this kid just wants to hang out, Steve. And he is. He gets to go on the limo, limousine ride. And the thing that also stood out to me in this is uh, when they come downstairs, you know, the two twins are dressed up. They're twins. But one of them uh, is no longer a member of the Itty Bitty Titty Committee, Steve. And that one is Tamara. Tamara. Yeah, she's got them padded tits. The uh, pad- Paddington twin. Tia's like, I thought we were identical. <laughs> Shit. For these next few hours, they ain't. And, he, and even Lisa recognizes that. Oh, you... Okay. I mean, even Ray is. He's like, uh, uh, Tamara, yeah. <laughs> my baby. And, and Batman, Mr. Marcus Houston, Roger, he says, girl, you've been taking your vitamins. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so uh, off to the dance. I think we cut right to the limousine now, right? Uh, well, yeah, we're in the limousine, but before we get to the dance, we're introduced to Kelly for the first time on camera. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's knocking at the door, Roger, and uh, he sees her. And it's like Manute Bolt standing next to Manute to Muggsy Bolts. Hey, Kelly. Yeah, he's, I mean, pussy height to this chick. She's going to, she can dunk uh, and whatever grade they're in. But, uh, you know, Roger Short King hooking up with the center, Steve. And that's the thing, man. Like, it didn't even phase him at first. At first, like the, the school hazing didn't kick in until they got to the dance. Because when they're on the limo, uh, Darnell and Michael, they're trying to throw some shade. Yeah, they're laughing like, at him because he's like not even tall enough to put his arm around shit. Not even tall enough. And like, but at the same time, he's being a ladies' man. Meanwhile, Darnell and Michael, their dates at the time don't even like them. Yeah, because they, they're acting like dicks. They're acting like how we were acting when we were 15 and 16. <laughs> just not mature enough. Hey, look it, at this booger. They're yeah. acting like worse than that. They're acting yeah. like elementary school level. Like, yeah, let's put our butts up to the window, dude. Yeah. It's going to be great. I'll give us more credit than that. Yeah. We, we wouldn't burp a girl's name and think that would impress her. Yeah. I mean, that's whenever that stopped. Maybe elementary school that works. I don't know. But yeah. they're like... They're f- seconds away from making fart noises. You know, we probably missed that. Yeah. I mean, they were just doing all the Beavis and Butterhead behavior, man. And it's like, Wesley Jonathan, you're, you're a city guy. You should know better. <laughs> Kendra loves that. I, I, man, she thinks we're I, city guys. Thank she you, thinks I, we are that. I, yeah. I remember her saying that early in the game, and I appreciate it. That's not a bad thing. It's just, you know. C-I-T-Y, who are those guys? Something else, but I didn't watch that Bro, show. Bro, with the city guys. Uh, but they basically are acting like girls have cooties, Steve. You know, they're sitting, they're sitting in the middle of these two chicks. They're not paying no attention to them. So let's see what happens at this dance. You we know? shall see. And, and, and back at the household, Lisa breaks her shit. Uh, shortly after Ray and the twins leave, like, she just runs into the kitchen like, yeah, I'm about to go to Pound Town. Wow. I've fallen, and I can't get up. What are you going to do? Terrence is coming over with condoms and some fucking champagne. Yeah. Some, <laughs> Professor Ogilvy. I, 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 re- I know him better as Professor Ogilvy from the Parkers. He's something else too, because I remember him from some other show. But he's in that, a lot of stuff. Yeah, he's like he's one of those like side dudes in the '90s. But 
Is this where we see him romancing her with the fruits and the kind words? Uh, I think they alternate. Okay. Because they go back to yep. the dance. They're actually at the dance now, and Kelly is the tallest person there. Not just taller than Roger, her date. She's the tallest person in attendance at this dance. I'd love that, to be honest with you. I think that'd be kind of cool, but I get from Roger's perspective, but she's also one of the, the most hot chicks at the dance. She she's, just is a gigantor. She's actually a cute girl. She's yeah. just, yeah, man. You know, her dad is probably David Robinson or something. He just like, had to come up with that. some, like, pithy, like, I'm going to climb that mountain shit. You know, you got yeah. you to gotta put up some words, like, do the battle of words and, like, throw it back at these guys. Because Roger is still not phased, man. Like, he, he heard the little heckling Jekyll shit in the limo. He made it to the dance. He's still proud. You know, he took the pictures with old girl. You know, the photographer kicks him a, a stepping, uh, like a, a like step a st stone. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a kiddie seat at a restaurant for him to stand up so they're, like, at the same eye line. Yeah. And I love Roger's energy here because he's like, man, stop playing me and just here. kicks that shit. He's more mature than the photographer, man, and, and shit. And also, it was embarrassing because well, I think the thing that kind of set it off for him was that they go to, like, the punch bowl, like, the little snack area, and this chick starts eating chips, and he's so short, the yeah. chip dust gets on his head, and somebody walks by and is like, yo, man, did you weren't use the head and shoulders? I mean, that's got to hurt a little bit, Steve. Yeah, the crumbs dropped in his braids, mm. and, like, but he's still not faced. It, like, he, he clocked that, but he's still, like, going with the program. It wasn't until they're dancing... And then, oh boy, and then that dude, he was from the Parkers. He was uh, uh, Nikki Parker's, uh, he, he was the main character's bestie, male bestie. Okay. And he chimes in while they're dancing. He's like, hey man, you probably gonna need a high chair. <laughs> like, dude, kids <laughs> Let are Let the man cruel. dance, but that's high school, Steve. This is that's, high school, dude. Yeah. 90s high school, there was no, there was no love for anybody. Sheep, I tell you. We were all targets. It's, you just had to avoid it, you know? It's like war. You got to avoid those bullets. And for him, everybody's looking at it because this chick's like a giant. She's like a lighthouse. Yeah. Literally. She's just standing above everybody else. But uh, I think at this point, either I think we see him maybe like rush out or just leave. Maybe we don't see that specifically. But I think this is when we do cut back to the house. Jack A's with Terrence. You know, her back's all messed up. So she's on the couch. Terrence is like, you know what? That's fine. I love giving a back rub. He's giving her a back massage, and then he starts throwing some like, some uh, some game at her that gets real close to very uh, explicit shit. But using honestly, like some fruit wordplay, you know. Honestly, bro, I like Fletcher's game on Estelle Winslow better than this motherfucker's game because like he was throwing some boomer game, but it it fit his age. This dude was trying to throw some like throwback like before that like Shakespearean type like what the fuck was he saying uh, it's some grocery store game because I think yeah. he's like a manager he's like you know how to tell a, a melon's good you gotta tap on it and give it some pressure and smell on it dude that is not what he said like <laughs> your shit would have been better than his pause but he's using my thing is it's it's from the perspective and from the language of somebody that's using grocery store terminology you know but he's still I, getting it because it's get making that. her get all saucy hey man icy hot middle age man options are limited and they i mean right at this point they just get to going they're just starting to make out you know and that's on. fine you know they got a house to themselves steve so even if they you know fuck it 
the kids Lisa, are gone. Yeah, Lisa clearly gives no fucks. Like, this is where the twins was working on their fourth grade projects. She's like, yeah. I've been waiting. I've been waiting so long for this. So Terrence is laying it down. He's got. It's gonna happen, right? It's a. It's a foregone conclusion. And I don't. I will. I think we cut back to the high school before we get into their little last shenanigans. So, cutting back to the high school. Do we go to the limo first with Ray? Now he's in the limo. Yeah. And Roger basically tells Ray, like, hey, man, I, I know the dance is still going on, but, like, I'm ready to go home. And he's like, well, what about your date? Well, man, she can make it there about 20 giant steps. <laughs> I can't do that. So he starts telling Ray what's going on. And Ray's like, man. And before he can even get started, uh, Roger's like, yeah, I know. You you were a loser too in high school. You, you you understand? He's like, actually, I was actually very popular, and I made fun of everybody. But you know, so Ray gets his feelings hurt. But then the conversation veers, and he's like, "Look, man, this is this is doesn't mean anything. Like, this is high school. That's basically the tone of the conversation. Yeah, you know. And I can tell that you like her, Roger. And he's like, "How do you know? Well, I saw the way you were talking to her, how you were responding to her." He's like, were you spying on us? Um, not really. I was spying on T and Tamara, but like Kelly was so tall, she just kept blocking my view. <laughs> Clips of the sun. Um, and he he basically talks Roger into not. He's like, you can't do this, man. Just yep. go back in. Just do be you. Shout out to Ray, man, because we, yeah. we, we talk about dope TV dads from the '90s, but Ray is an unsung one. Um, and, and I think it's because of that network shuffle, but he gave some very uh, Danny, Danny Tanner level like advice where he's like, she's a beautiful girl. And even if she wasn't, she doesn't deserve to be like just skedaddled on. Yeah. And like he took heed to that, man. And like he, he goes back in there and all the guys in unison, pretty much one after one, they're like, yeah, we were being douches earlier. Yeah. Um, can I get this last dance? And it took some shrugging from the twins and even some shrugging from Kelly. Uh, but, you know, they they saw the error in their ways and they were like, all right, I'll give you this, motherfucker. We, we drove here. We had to pay for these dresses. Shit. Fuck it. I do, I do like Donnell gets played, though, because... He should. Yeah, he he's the, the biggest... one that was douchey. Because when we see them go back and before they've actually reconnected, he's, like, trying to be, like, to Mike, like, yo, man, don't be playing. This is us, man. Yeah. Fuck these chicks. Which, that's crazy. In a high, you like these guys are of age. You guys want to be hanging out with the chicks too. Like this is. But crazy. they're not mature, man. You you should. But like at one point after he played uh, Tia, he was like, "Yeah, hey, you want to dance, psych." Later, you see them dancing with each other, and Michael uh, Wesley Jonathan. He was like, "Bro, like this ain't it. We, you ain't beautiful like that." Yeah, like you ain't Tia or Tamara, bro. Um. So. That happens. Roger's hanging out with Kelly, and he admits, he, you know, she basically is like, you think I don't know what's going on here? You don't want to be with me because I'm so tall. So they're both basically having the same issue from two different angles, you know? She's always the tall chick. He's always the short guy. But they reconnect. They start dancing, and he's like, so can I take you out to pizza later? And she's like, oh, I'd love some pizza. I'm hungry. I, that's great. You must have read my mind. He's like, actually, I heard your stomach growl because he's basically at that height, Steve. Man, Roger had one-liners all through this episode. Yeah, dude. Marquez Houston really killed this. He was really funny in this. Not just like a goofy presence every once in a while. He definitely uh, lends something to this show. 
and they kind of went meta because one of the songs played during this dance is an immature song and you know he was the front man yeah. for immature like and they, like later in this show they, they'll call attention like low-key to like him being batman or Marcus Houston. Oh, okay. Yeah, I wonder why that was said. I forgot about that reference. Okay. Yeah, man. But, I mean, Roger, Short King, he's going to win, Steve. He won this night. Do you remember the last time we covered Sister Sister on this show? I feel like we did, a, like, a promo where we used Unsolved Mysteries music, and it was just, like, I think it was the first episode. No, it wasn't the first episode. No? No. Okay. Um, I think... The last time we covered this, because I this is just I think, was the slumber party episode with Brittany Murphy. Oh, I think that was the last. I time. do remember that. Yeah, the only other time. Too, it's a good probably. show though, man. Like I wasn't watching this. We somebody Kendra asked about that. I, this wasn't on my radar as much, but I you know T and Tamara were just like it there, so yeah. you had to tune in a little bit. Definitely another '90s crush, man, and it's it is a great show it was a great show but we're talking about the 90s like look at their competition i think that's what it comes down to because we still have yet to cover uh alex mack yeah and that wasn't a bad show no it wasn't turning into a puddle of goo why not but uh in 1994 pete and pete is airing pinned the episode pin big pete tries to get his varsity letter by joining the wrestling team uh, love this. I'm a huge. I'm a super fan of this show. I think I've talked about it ad nauseum. Uh, but I do think that the thing that Pete and Pete does better than a lot of shows is their cat, their gallery of characters in this show, especially like the bullies, yeah. are great. And this show features one of the most main bu- uh, bullies, Endless Mike. And uh, I love this man. I love this character, and I love when they. I told Kendra when we were walking, like, the drama that they show in this from, like, Pete's perspective that you put yourself in as a teenager, I feel like they figured out a way to, like, visualize that in a very cool way, you know? That's, that's why it's good to never lose your, your inner child, man. Yeah. You always have some of that light burning. Um, in, in a way, it's kind of like a, a children's Seinfeld in the sense of, like, creating your own universe and the characters are kind of like if you know you know kind of deal yeah that is true they do have like very specific recurring characters that come back you're like, oh this guy just yeah. like newman just like all those guys yeah yeah that's true that's a great uh it's a great fucking uh, opinion steve i love that i never put two and two together like that this is this guy 90 scholars steve gary man and uh pete we started off with he's him talking about the varsity letter and getting that big w and how it's a big deal and, uh, you know, it, it allows you to fight crime. You get the girls. Uh, you get the ticket to kick it in the back of the class. And cl- clown and crack jokes. Go to the front of the lunch line. Just cut. You oh, get yeah. it all, Steve. Just make the team. The money and the power and the respect. You get it all. It's that easy. Or is it? Yeah, but all he has to do, Steve, just, you know, this is Pete Wrigley. All he has to do is pick a sport, and it's, that's it. So he picks wrestling, and I got to say, nightmare of a one to pick. Pick anything else. Pick the golf team. Shit. Anything else. That's the worst. But he does, and we see this dude get pounded. Pause. Not pounded. Somebody just straight body flops on him that looks like 
uh, Fedor Emelianenko. It looks like a UFC fighter, a grown man. Motherfucker look like Brock Lesnar. Jesus. Next to Pete. Uh, and he was just like, you know what, for wrestling, I know what I need. I need endurance, agility, speed, and probably health insurance. A lot of it. Yeah. He ain't built like that, Steve. And then we'll beep, beep, cut to that song, that Polaris jam. And uh, just shout out to Polaris. I don't, you know, they had a whole album that was basically filled with this music. And I love that. It's a great band. I didn't give him too much credit as a youngster, but as an old man, it makes me feel nostalgic when I hear that shit. I only know about that song. I ain't even gonna hold you. All the interstitial ones, like when he, sometimes you'll hear it in the background, like when he's like talking to Ellen, it's sort of like a romantic vibe. There's like certain like secondary songs that are, I mean, they have the full version and they just had a CD full of it. And it, I think Jordan probably still has it to this day. It was amazing. Um, but so, you know, Big Pete, He's uh, trying out, or he's going to join the wrestling team. And as we go through this, he does have a friend on the team named Teddy, who's like his buddy, who's just like the nerd, but, who's plugged in. He's like the info guy, Steve. And, and he's more tapped into the wrestling world, more so than Pete. Yes. Uh, because Pete doesn't know a pinhole from his asshole. Shit. He has never done a suplex, a DDT, damn Greco-Roman, none of it. He doesn't even know how to... He, He's never even uh, put on a singlet, but he's here now. Um, he's in the wrong sport. Yeah, he, he's got a Nazi-like coach. He's surrounded by these gigantic dudes and Teddy, but he's also being hounded by Endless Mike, who early on in the show shows up in like the locker room and really just throws a like threatening. Uh, he just throws a lot of threats at Pete just right there, then and there. But in that. We see one of the perks of being on the wrestling team in that they step up and defend him from the bully. Strength in numbers. Yeah. So Endless Mike slinks off into the, you know, into the darkness, and we think he's done. It's a done deal, you know. So but after that, we cut and Pete's like, after this, I just because he has nobody to wrestle. Basically, he's on the he's the last man on the totem pole. So all he can do is just watch everyone else wrestle. Yeah. And all he has to do is wait until he gets that uh, that varsity letter, Steve. And, and we find out why he's called Endless Mike, because this motherfucker's petty. And we, we quickly find out that he's a hater. He's like, yeah, you there with your, your wrestling goons. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It was one of them kind of deals, man. And uh, one of the side stories is that Ellen, Pete's bestie, she's a cheerleader. Yep. And she's got a gripe with, with the coach, Coach Bino. Uh, she's basically trying to coach the wrestlers because she knows wrestling. Her, her grandpa was the champion in Greater Pensacola, and they, they show a clip of him wrestling the alligator. Yeah, and Killed so... Killed the fucking thing by the looks of it, Steve. With his bare hands. <laughs> and, and Coach Bino, he has none of this. He's a boomer, so he's got that uh, Jackie Gleason mentality. Uh, pow, right in the kiss of Alice. Like, uh, straight to the moon. Like, uh, you should be over there chilling, beat a touch. Like, he's got, yeah, he's one of Pick those... Pick up ones. a couple of pom-poms and get out of my face, you dumb broad. And Ellen is not the one to be played with because, yeah, I, she, she reads motherfuckers and she is with the shits. She's with the shits more so than Pete or Little Pete, I think. I mean, she and, comes into the practice and instantly throws like a move that Pete and nobody else in that room's ever seen before because she's tapped into it like that. She is. And she's mean. also petty, which I know you like because that coach her. throws that shade at her and she's like, oh, oh, you know what? You want me to be the uh, peppy? I'll show you some pep, motherfucker. 
I'm going to be the peppiest peps are. And she just gets behind him and is like, go team. And you can see the coach like, you fucking bitch. Yeah. I'll get you. Oh, but she's got that knowledge, Steve. And thankfully, you know, Pete's going to need that soon because we find out um, after Endless Mike has been bullied away from Pete that to get revenge, he actually joined a different high school's wrestling team at the exact same weight class that Pete's in so that him and Pete can wrestle. I don't like that petty because that's bully petty. That's crazy. Th- like that's, that's super psych- petty. That's psycho. That, that's psycho because it's like Pete poses no threat. Like he wasn't checking for you. He never came for you, bro. So like, why are you fuck? With- oh, because you know he can be fucked with. So to wrestle him and you know he got a posse now of Kurt Angle type motherfuckers behind him. You want to go to a whole nother school just so you can wrestle him? Like, I feel like, oh, bro, you need to find better shit to do with your time. He's definitely, he's has all the petty bones in his body. So we find that out. Pete's freaking out. And he's like, I don't know what to do. I got to figure out something. But he is like relieved to know that uh, he doesn't have to wrestle him because <clears throat> there's so many people above him in the totem pole of this wrestling thing. So It's a pecking order. He's like, as long as I got these three guys in front of me, I don't got to worry. But then those guys start falling like flies. Steve Endless Mike, this dude's a sinister villain. Number one goes out. I feel like it was just kind of like an explosion. I don't know what happened to that guy. He just falls out. So that guy's done. Number one's gone. Number one's gone. Yeah, it's a mystery. Uh, Get Robert Stack on the case. Yeah. And and then the second guy, like, he got taken in by a magnetic hand dryer like i don't know what he tim the tool man tailored the hair dryer to to suck in and not only do that but then do it so powerfully that i mean i think he killed the guy that was a fatality on on nickelodeon in the afternoon (laughs) because that's that was the 90s yeah that totally happened so they're down there's only one guy left and pete's like well now this we gotta protect this guy so (laughs) little pete his brother who's the who's connected He's the capo of this whole group. Clearly. He sends, I forget the guy's name, but the last man standing, they put him in a hotel. Van Dyke. Yeah, Van Dyke goes to a hotel with Little Pete, and they're sitting there, and this is like uh, witness protection. They went witness protection with this shit. Yeah. We got to hide this guy until the match, but as Little Pete's going over the rules, don't eat anything unless they taste it first. Don't get out of the room. I'm going to handle everything. And the guy's like settling in he's like actually this is pretty cool got some cable tv i got this vibrating bed and Pete, little pete is like wait what vibrating, vibrating bed. bed and as soon as that that quarter goes in this bed freddy krueger like slaps up into the wall and just i think the guy this guy's dead too there's murders steve there's multiple homicides that's totally johnny depp in nightmare on Elf. totally and if you've seen freddy versus jason which unfortunately i have recently there's a scene where this basically happens, but, you know, it's a Jason thing. So, Endless Mike now, there's nothing standing between him and Pete Wrigley. Nothing at all, except one pound that if Pete loses, he doesn't have to wrestle Endless Mike because they're not in the same weight class anymore. And Teddy put him on game. Yeah. He, he was, like, shitting his pants, like, damn, I got to fight Endless Mike now. And, like, this kind of frustrates me because, bro, like, why pick the wrestling team? Like, if you don't want to wrestle a motherfucker, like, why don't you try badminton or something? I don't know. But, like, Teddy tells him, like, hey, man, just go a weight lower, and you won't have to fight him. So he goes a weight lower, and they go to the weigh-in, and 
he just barely missed Endless Mike because he was one ounce over. Yeah. Endless Mike, he hears this and he's like, "Ho, oh, hold up. This motherfucker on the spot takes out a two because he wants to wrestle Big Pete that much. Nothing will stop him. Relentless. And if you go back, as Pete's losing the weight, he goes to a sauna. Endless Mike shows up in a fursuit to sauna with him even more so. So that happens. He, ha- he, he comes to the same cafeteria, even though he's in a different high school, eats a pee in front of him just to scare him a little bit more. And I think the last thing to lose a little more weight, he gave up a kidney. It's that serious. While Big Pete was shaving. Yeah, for Despite no reason. I don't know what that did, Steve. Yeah, because he, he doesn't have hair. It's aerodynamic shit, I guess. It's like that swimmer mentality. But yeah. needless to say, Endless Mike, Pete Wrigley, they're on a collision course unless Pete just gives up. But Ellen, she saves the day. Yeah. I ain't shit without my homies. She's like, you can't, like... What are you doing? You've tried everything but wrestling the guy. Yeah. So maybe think about that. And because she's a G, she's an ace, she's like, me, Teddy, crash course, we're going to teach you how to wrestle in one night. Which so ass. I don't know how she, she got access to the gym, but they do. And I love that Teddy is playing endless. He's endless Teddy, Steve. He's doing his best endless mic inter- impression. He's beating the shit out of Pete. Yeah. And he's really, he's giving him the verbal abuse that you would expect. Yeah, man. Some simulation style shit. Like, he, he opens up with a Tyler Durden uh, fucking <laughs> haymaker. <laughs> shit. But, you know, this is a night, this takes all night. And it, you know, minute after minute, hour after hour, Endless Teddy's getting it over on Pete. He's getting slammed around. But somewhere around dawn, Steve. It all clicks. He finally figured it out because yeah. he wasn't for the longest. But the thing of it is, he he gets he figures out just the movements, but he needs a coach to tell him when to use those movements. You know what I mean? So without Ellen going, do the the tw- the tornado twist leg drop, he has no power. He can't really do it. He doesn't have that confidence. Yeah, you know. And she he needs Ellen because she knows better than Coach Bino. Yeah. With his John Henline looking ass. And and doesn't somehow before they do this class, she she actually successfully trains a wrestler mid-match in front of him at a practice and gets completely ousted from the gym because that coach is like, ain't no chick going to be teaching my kids. I don't think that was at the practice. That was at the actual meet. Was it? Like, yeah, because she, I think this was during Big Pete's first round or something like that, where like she threw, she threw some coaching tactic, but it was disguised as a cheer. And so this motherfucker, Bino, he gets a cop to come and escort her out and says that you're suspended for six months. Is that serious? Uh, it's just like them damn... From school? From... I, maybe she, from the meets. May, maybe from the meets. Maybe from school. Cause damn, he's, yeah. he's got he's got power like that? He looked like a fascist. Nino? Smelled like one. Smelling through the TV. But, like, that happened. And then the second round, and that's when Pete is really worried. Because he's like, damn, I ain't got my ace. Ellen, is, like, she just got escorted off the court like Rodman. So, like, what the fuck do I do? Oh, uh, shit. Uh, so, he gets his ass beat, basically. In, in the next round, all the way up until he's turned... And he like he sees his parents upside down. Yep. He sees Teddy, his boy, like, man, bro, I, I believe in you. And then it was just like, man, something clicked. He he hawked up. He, he had that moment where, you know, like when Ken Shamrock. The final level, your 
mind, body, and soul must be one. He, he gets the glow. He see? gets that motherfucking Leroy glow, man. And like, you have the power inside you this whole time. He does. And I do, I do like that as he like takes down Mike that one time, you see the, the facade crack a little bit. Because one thing we didn't mention, I, I don't know how I forgot to mention this. You know, as we get to this match, Pete's nutted up, right? He's ready to face Endless Mike. But then Endless Mike Ultra Edition comes out in the Zubaz, That's, in yeah. the skull face paint. Dressed like La Parka. Dre- he dressed like a psychotic Ronald McDonald because he has like a red wig on, which I think is like to make fun of Pete. Maybe that's why. I'm sure you secretly love that. Yeah, so exactly. We all know my opinion of the gingers, but not this one. I'm not. We're not going to get into. They're gingers, yeah. by the way. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, my Jeez. bad. I used a hard er on that one. Um, but Pete's not only going up against somebody he's afraid of, but like the nightmare version of him. But he's nutting up. He's he gets the best of him, and then at that time when it all clicks again in the match, you see endless Mike like. <laughs> Yeah, that was just the appetizer. I'm yeah. coming for the main course, bitch. But he's he's rattled, Steve. Yeah. It, it's kind of like when Buster Douglas got up after Mike Tyson knocked him out. Like, wait, this, this was never a part of my program. Yeah. Like, I, like I, we never trained for that part. It's, Russia, getting... it's the Russian dude in Rocky IV. It's like, he's made of iron, and he can't take him down, Steve. And he found that fury. He found that Hulkamania spirit in him, that Ken Shamrock. He snapped. It's like, my mom and daddy here. Yeah. Shit. I got to show out. I got to get that W. <laughs> and he then the match. This is the and I do like also the fucking shitty coach is like as he's succeeding because of Ellen, the coach is taking all the crazy like, oh, Wrigley, you're a fucking stud. Keep it up, bud. It's all me. You listen. And it ain't because of you, you fucking piece of shit. Because Teddy, like he puts them together. Like when he asked, like, man, what did you learn that move? And Teddy says, like, oh, yeah, that girl you had escorted out. Listen to us next time, coach. But Wrigley, it's sort of the worm turns. Like, he's stuck, right? The new new round goes. He's put in a position where he's, it's about to be all over. But he does, like, some crazy twist move, pulls a fast one on Mike, and uses all that tutelage, all that power, all that nerd rage that I would have had, and beats Endless Mike, Steve. Super Saiyan frustration. And like a true wrestling villain, Endless Mike gets up and is like, what the hell? I can't, you can't lose. This is a bullshit. Stupid ref. <laughs> I'm Endless Mike. Cut the music. Um, But now Pete's got that varsity letter, Steve, and he's just living. He's just basking in the glow. He's got that dub. Yeah. And that dub don't stand for wimp or wuss bucket. It stands for winner. I'm a winner. And... He can walk those halls, Steve. And he can get older and realize none of that shit will mean anything. Yeah, but he's 1-0. Yeah. He's 1-0, Steve. And, and to us teenagers at the time, it was so like, yes. You did it. This does mean something for the moment. I can win, too. Yeah, yeah it don't mean shit. We're 40. Yeah. Yeah, but I love this show. I love Endless Mike. The guy who played Endless Mike went on to be in many things. Like I said, he was in Band of Brothers. He was in Sin City. I'm sure he was in many more things. Um, kind of looks like Sam Rockwell in Ninja Turtles. Mm. You know, he has that scuzz look. Yeah. But shout out to some other P and P villains. I was trying to think. There's Open Face. Open Face. Paper Cut. Um, 
endless mic, obviously. Uh, and there's a, just a cast of characters that we, you know, we won't get to talk about in every episode. But like Artie, the strong, everybody knows Artie, the strongest man in the world. Just a bunch of weird, very si- like you said, Seinfeldian, just very specific, very funny, hilarious recurring characters. So Pete and Pete's a fucking legendary show, dude. I love it. And it's like a one name reference. Like if you if you know and watch the show back in the day, like oh. Strongest man in the world. Hell yeah. Like, oh. Oh. He was, I love that. And also, uh, just because we realized this as we were trying to, like, research the show, I don't know what's going on with licensing and shows, but for the love of God, do not let Pete and Pete dis... The only way we could watch this was on YouTube. It's not even available where Nickelodeon is. Well, the reason is because of Polaris. Well, Polaris, come on, guys. We want to hear that. We want the show. You, if that's the holdup, jeez. I got to believe, Steve, I don't want to put that on Polaris. That's a record company thing. That ain't Polaris. Who's the record company? Ah. But, to play devil's advocate. Death Row, Steve. Well, Suge Knight, let's make that phone call from the jail cell. But let's play devil's advocate and say it was Polaris. I understand Y'all need all y'all's coins because this is the only thing I know about y'all. I mean, so that's like, all there is. Steve. So I don't think they went on to do anything but play this in concert, like which I would have loved. Yeah, we don't want y'all to get screwed. Get get all your coins, but figure it out so that the fans of the show can get what we want and not have to go to the sneaky links in the underworld and the black market of the internet. I don't want to do that. I want I want Polaris to be thriving right now. You never know. know. Let's do that. Let's get, hey, Polaris, shout out to Polaris. I would love to interview them and just be like, what was it like? What happened after this? We know you watched (laughs) it. What happened? But in 1997, December 7th, In Your House 19, Degeneration X is airing on pay-per-view through WWF, still known at this time. They're at the Springfield Civic Center in Springfield, Massachusetts. We watched it, and I got to say, DX... They threw it. They did a hell of a pay-per-view. I was into it. Uh, the, the Shawn Michaels match. The, the one that Triple H had with Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah, that was, I, did, I actually yeah. was doing some uh, work at that point. I think I missed that one. But I do want to yeah. shout out uh, pre-DX New Age Outlaws, Road Dog and Badass going yeah. against LOD. And their entrance and subsequent leaving and coming back out because just it was so funny it was so when we're ready to come into the ring (laughs) oh shit (laughs) and like knowing what we know now like that's the beginning stage of of new age outlaws it's like dude this guy is one of the best oh my god and that's some of his earlier work with badass man and like badass like you know road dog was more of the guy more of the mic worker road dog was just there to be like hey man i'll I'll fuck you up if you yeah badass he's just there to look good steve He's an ass man. Dan, Dan. Like their match was with LOD. It kind of represented a changing of the guard, like a a passing the torch of sorts. Because LOD was most, like it was most people's like favorite tag team from the 80s and 90s. And then like 97, man, it was like they're old. Like your time has came. Like you're wearing like the haircuts. And I noticed that when we watched it, man, like the haircuts, that would have been cool in the 80s. Like this, this dude is brolic and he's got, he's big as fuck. He'll be my ass. And he's, he looks like Mad Max. In the 90s, just like, bro, like you 
kind of look like a tool. <laughs> yeah. Kinda, like, and they were still doing that shit. And I love you, LOD. But, like, it, it's the New Age Outlaws era where we're, like, saying, like, witty shit on the mic. We're clowning you. Like, yeah, look at these dinosaurs. He was acting like he was the guy from Jurassic Park. Like, <laughs> when bringing, he walks in, he goes, welcome to Jurassic Park. Yeah. <laughs> Don't feed the dinosaurs. They get, they're rowdy. Dude, yeah. And that's... And that's in comparison to LOD, which I love Hawk. I love Animal. But yeah. when Hawk's thing in this one, this is we've seen two wrestling events recently where he's given some really weird bad promos. And this one he's like, well, New Age Outlaws are the equivalent of one of those boogers you get way up in your... And he goes through like a five-minute discussion of picking a booger. And, you know, it is what it is, Steve. But I do still love to hear, well... It never gets old, man. <laughs> it never gets old. Yeah, but that was awesome. And when it was just, it's, I don't know, Road Dog, one of the most legendary mic workers of all time, in my opinion. He made that shit. It was so funny. I was laughing out loud, legitimately. I I think the match of that whole event might have been Takamichinoku versus Brian Christopher. R.I.P., man. Like, Yeah, that was good. Surprisingly. It was, like, surprisingly, man. Like, he, he got busted open, like, and I don't even think that shit was planned. Like, Brian Christopher falls on the guardrail, busts his mouth open, and he's basically, like, spitting blood, like, halfway through the match. The rest of the match. And some of, if you took a snapshot, like, a screen grab of some of, like, mid-match, it's incredible photography. It's just him. It looks like, you know that Stone Cold where he was, like, gushing blood in the sharpshooter? In the sharpshooter, It's on that level. But he's making, like, crazy faces. He's he's kind of playing into it a little. And and he has that Jerry Lawler, <laughs> that psychotic is yeah. low key Jokerish, yeah. Because that's his he, he is the son of his daddy. And um, his, they're they're referencing that Jr. Yeah. and King are referencing that. But King's like, uh, he's like that ain't my son, but I just think he's a great wrestler, you know. And he's handsome as hell too. <laughs> Jr., your parents won't even claim you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's that's definitely. And what was that for the? That was the first light heavyweight title. Was that what that, it was? That was the tournament. And Taka Michinoku, I believe he would eventually be the winner because this was ongoing for months. Um, I thought this was the end because don't they give him the belt at the end of it? Remember, they were posing with it. Was it the end? Yeah, because after the match when he wins, uh, spoiler alert, Pat Patterson, Briscoe, and some other guy that looks like a Wish.com Vince McMahon come out. I Tony Gurria. Je- yeah, somebody. I apologize. I'm probably disrespecting a legend, but... Um, they come out and present him the belt. And there's all, like, all right. the Japanese, like, uh, presses there, too. You, yeah, know? You, you weren't as high as me, I guess. I guess not. Not at that point. Or, or you can handle yours better. Come into the fucking Thunderdome, Steve, and see what happens, you know? Well, hey. And uh, on December 7th, 1999, we're great at segues. Uh, in 1999, December 7th, Notorious B.I.G. posthumously releases Born Again. And that's the one with no notorious we are no 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 notorious and that's the one with his baby mama too right what's her name no that's the one with puffy and lil kim oh okay got you yeah um i'm sure i had this i'd have to see the actual album art but i'm positive either yeah okay and it's the one with eminem doing uh dead wrong it, you're dead wrong. Okay, yeah, yeah, that was a Doherty special. I know we got that in rotation. I remember that. That's one of uh, Slim Shady's best verses, man, because he came in that bit smooth. 
but also in 99, Juvenile releases the G Code. And uh, I think this is the one that follows 400 Degrees, but the release on this was, uh, I got that fire. I got that fire, girl, holler at your boy if you want that Oscar Mayer. I got that fire. I got the fire, girl, holler at your boy if you want that Oscar Mayer. <laughs> Juvenile, dude. He's, he's still kind of active. I was listening to this. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how old the music was, but he was on some, like, West Coast dude shit for, that was pretty recent. And, I mean, yeah. we all love Back That Thing Up. It's one of the most legendary times in rap. I remember buying that. I had no business buying it, but I loved it. That's timeless. That's like somebody's grandma going out to the dance floor on some uh, Frankie Beverly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, it's grandmas that are, like, our age at this point. Oh, that's our shit. Girl, come on, Girl, Cheryl. twerk it, girl. I'm on 10 on this in a positive way, yeah, Steve. Yeah, I'm on 10 on this, yeah. <laughs> come on, Cheryl Lynn. Oh, my God. I can't believe we about to do this. And then they just drop in on it, just do a thunderclap on it. I love that. Effortless. But uh, any callbacks, honorable mentions, or takeaways, sir? I mean, you just blew my mind thinking about grandmas twerking to juvenile. So shout out to all those... AARP ladies listening to that um, I just shout out Steve G I've, been, I've had Steve at my house for a week uh, and it's been magical so shout, it's been great having a friend shout, if you're too young to know this make sure you hang out with your friends reconnect because it's awesome I miss this guy so yeah. shout out to Steve G don't take genuine people for granted yeah hell um, yeah like this guy I've, I've known about him since junior high uh, we know, like formally knew each other in high school, but we like really got to know each other in college um, and in Bowling Green. And like there was some separation because like you moved, I, like I moved, mm -hmm. and we always talk on the phone like yeah. once a, every three years. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And then like when I would come to California, we would <clears throat> kick it, man. Um, but yeah, dude, like I just feel like. The universe puts people in your life for a reason, man. Like, we were one locker separated all four years of college. We rode on the back of the bus uh, uh, all through high school up until we could drive. Yep. Because um, we were like, no, fuck this shit. We're better <laughs> than yeah. you fucking. I got to get this Concord lifestyle popping. Yep. That nice Iowa CD player. You remember that thing? You dirty bus drivers, bus riders. <laughs> Uh, yeah, dude, we were popping with those fucking portables. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, back of the bus, uh, back of classes, whatever class we were in, we were in the back of that motherfucker mm -hmm. reciting South Park, uh, what happened on Raw the previous night, Drew Carey. And that's another thing I want to get to, man. Like all of the shit we talk about now, like that's what, in my opinion, that's what sparked our friendship. Man. Yeah, hell yeah. Because like we started talking about that stuff and like, you know, yeah, you were a fat guy. I was the black guy. They, they've heard the theme song. <laughs> but, like, I didn't care about that shit. Yeah. I saw the person in here. It's like, dude, this guy talks about the same shit that I'm into, that I, like, research, and I'm, like, a, a stan about. And, like, every time we would link up in our teenage years, oh, man, uh, Matt Foley, uh, fan down the river, oh, man. Like, uh, Drew Carey and Mimi, man, they fucking crazy, right? Man, did you see what Stone Cold did? And it's like, dude... Like, still to this day, man, like, that's why this shit is, like, effortless, man. Like. It ain't work. Yeah, that's for sure. It ain't work, man. And, uh, dude, I I've been spending this holiday with my friend and his wife, man. And, uh, you know, 
something to be thankful for is this guy's a plant manager. Oh yeah, dude, I love it. Yeah. 90s powers activate. Yeah, man. Um, I'm thankful. Yeah, Kendra, man, she did her thing. Hell like, yeah. She she put it down, man. And uh, I may be like, obese someday again. It, it might happen, Steve, but it's gonna be because I'm eating good food. I'm glad you got to experience that. Nah, man. Like y'all, y'all can talk each other out of it. There talk each go. other off the cliff. We got the equipment. We'll we'll keep it popping for you. We'll we'll keep it sexy. Yeah. Do you got anything else other than just this love fest? Um. I think Mr. Show was a great show. We got to see that. Was and that five inch taint? That was uh, that was not five inch taint. I actually no. I saw this one when y'all went to bed. Okay. It, it was the uh, eat rotten fruit from a shitty tree, and <laughs> like I just want to call attention to it because it was a great show. Um, like David Cross is a legend, man. When we talked about when we watched that other one, the how they wrote it and weaved everything together seamlessly so that the whole show is like one giant transition into another sketch is I don't know how they did it and I'd love to know the inner workings of that it's so amazing and, and and they had an ensemble cast you know like other comedians they they had a hand in the writing but yeah that's pretty much all I got well yeah dude well I loved it I wish we could do everyone in person but it's been great. And we're going to keep po- pushing these episodes out. Keep so. on pushing. Like Curtis Mayfield, goddammit. And uh, please like, share, subscribe, and comment. Tell your sister, I got that fire. I got the fire. Girl, holla at your boy if you want that Oscar Ma. Check out Food Show Fanatics and Crushgasm every Wednesday with Kendra. This is Steve G. and Maggie with Happen, Happen in the, the 90s. 90s.